are tired of this. This is why everybody in this room is so ticked off. I don't want this country turning into Russia, turning into a socialized country. My question for you is... What are you going to do to restore this country back to what our founders created according to the Constitution? Welcome to NPR's Planet Money. I'm Hannah Joffe-Walt. And I'm David Kestenbaum. Today is Friday, August 14th. At the top, you heard a Pennsylvania voter speaking at a town hall meeting on health care held by Senator Arlen Specter earlier this week. Today on the podcast, we are going to play Dress Up with Your Doctor. Yes, economically speaking. So we're going to ask, what role does your doctor play? Who are, who are they like? Are they like a, a mortgage broker? Or a, or a minister? They like the guy who cleans your gutters. Who are they? Uh, first, we have our Planet Money indicator. It is ten thousand four hundred and seventy-seven dollars. That is how much more it costs for a Medicare patient to be treated for a single day in Miami. How much more in Miami than in Grand Junction, Colorado? The number comes from the Dartmouth Atlas of Healthcare, which for many years has documented regional variations in healthcare. Yeah, and the crazy thing is here, we're talking about the same type of patients. They, these are all people in their last two years of life. They have the same conditions. The patients do just as well. And yet in one place, it costs Medicare $10,000 more per day. The price per day, um, Medicare cost per day per enrollee in Grand Junction is $5,873. In Miami, the same equation, um, Medicare reimbursement per enrollee per day is $16,350. That's a huge difference. That's a huge difference. That was Deborah Kimball. She is the communications director for the Dartmouth Institute for Health Policy and Clinical Practice, which publishes the Atlas of Healthcare. Deborah says the difference in the amount Medicare pays does not have to do with how much the hospitals charge. It's the number of things we do to people the number of tests we give them, and the number of specialists they see that really drive the cost. Say I go into the hospital and I have chest pain. At one hospital, what will happen? In one hospital, you may be uh, treated with aspirin, you may be watched, um, told what the the symptoms may be, and you may be sent home. Um, In another hospital, you may be checked in, you may receive um, an angiogram, they may go beyond that and do imaging studies, and uh, obviously, the um, yeah, and and your condition is the same, um, but in the one case, you've been exposed to a great deal of medical procedure for no real benefit. Right. So when Deborah says no real benefit, she actually means that she says the data shows that patients in both Miami and Grand Junction they end up equally healthy. So patients in Miami may be getting more treatment, but it's not necessarily helping them. So, so this problem exists all over the place. Like even in, you can go out in New York City and you'll have one hospital spending much more than another hospital that's just a dozen blocks away. 
And this this simple example we just laid out here, it is one of the major things people point to when they say that we are spending more money than we need to on health care. Uh, we asked Deborah Kimball, you know, if you could fix this problem, how much would that help? If you got all the doctors and hospitals to provide cost-effective care, and she said their estimates are that you could save 20%, which is which is just gigantic. Right. And when you think about that number, 20%, and you think about healthcare as a market, it just doesn't make sense. In, in most markets, you would not leave 20% savings uh, sitting on the table. The ice cream market, the hog futures market, we don't have a problem. Okay, we, we had a problem in the housing market. But <laughs> there, there is something very peculiar and different about the healthcare market. Yeah, it's the most bizarre thing to try to understand because it's just its own weird economic beast. Um, so over the next several weeks on the podcast, we're going to look at different players in this strange market, how people operate within this system. And today we're going to talk about doctors. Um, So David, you and I have been talking about this. We've been trying to find a good match, like a good way to think about the doctor's role. So and just to start, a doctor's job, job is to take care of us. And it's a it's a really special relationship, right? Doctors deliver our babies. They they check our ears when we're little. They fix our broken bones and they, you know, they, they see us naked. <laughs> right. So, David, I, I actually, I think I figured it out. So here's my proposal. The doctor, the doctor is like my mom. And, and here I have a little tape to show you what I mean. Hello. Hi, Ma. Hey, Khan. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I feel really crappy. I have a really bad headache. You do? Yeah. Sorry to hear that. My throat has, like, been killing me all morning, and I'm just tired all the time. Hmm. And so just sore. Like, everything feels sore. Everything feels sore? It sounds like you might be on the verge of, of some flu-like thing. No. No? I don't want to have the flu. You think I have the flu? Well, uh, you know, if you have the flu, you would have a fever. But um, does your head feel hot? Maybe. Um, for your headache, it would probably help to take some Tylenol. I don't have any Tylenol. Um, I know you don't like taking things, but it would be a good idea for you to go and get some. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Ma. You're welcome, sweetie. Good, Hannah. Good. That's cute. Yeah. That analogy kind of works. Especially since I've been paying your mom to put up with all your whining. Oh, right. Yeah, see, this is where your brilliant theory runs aground. (laughs) Doctors get paid. I mean, it's not bad, right? They should be paid. But when you really think about it, here's my proposal. You and your doctor, it's really a buyer-seller relationship, like retail. Okay, so what sunglasses do you recommend for me, for my face? For your face, I recommend these sunglasses. So here in New York, everyone is wearing these really cool sunglasses. And uh, I was walking by a bunch of vendors, and there's this guy, Mo Azalo, and I fell in love with these totally huge red sunglasses. What about these or something? These are cool. These are Kanye West. You know Kanye West? Whoa. Kanye West? Uh-huh. Oh, I totally want Kanye West yeah, glasses. Yeah, that's his glasses. Okay. That's the glasses you wear. <laughs> David, you're wearing those glasses right now. You do not look like Kanye. I'm sorry. I know. And this guy, he actually admitted to me that sometimes he tells people the glasses they try on, they look great. Or maybe even they look like Kanye West even when they when they don't. And, of course, you know, he's a – it's not surprising. He's a salesman. His job is to push product to make money. I'll take – so how much are these? These $7, sir. 
Now, can I haggle and give you six bucks instead? Six bucks? How about six ninety nine? All right, six ninety nine. Deal. <laughs> David, you were had, man. I saved a penny. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I guess the doctor, you know, they kind of act like my mom, but they operate in the system that's more like the guy selling glasses. In fact, the majority of doctors are paid on what's called a fee-for-service basis. That means they get paid individual fees for every single thing they do. The more surgeries they do, the more they get paid. More MRIs, more tests means more money. And and remember from our puzzle, one reason a hospital in New York is spending more than another just down the street is that we leave this up to doctors to decide which procedures and which tests we need. So some do more and some do less. And, and let's be clear. I mean, most doctors, I think certainly all the doctors I know, they do seem to have your best interest in heart. That's why they got into the profession. But they're human and they're in this weird position. I was, I was thinking about this the other night. It is hard to come up with any other market where you got someone who's basically selling a service, so it's like a business, and yet at the same time, the doctor has actually sworn, that's the Hippocratic Oath, sworn to act like your mom, to act in your best interest, the customer's best interest. Yeah, it's weird. So so they're not really your mom. They're not really a salesman. And I asked a bunch of healthcare economists, you know, who are the doctors then? You know, as economic actors who do they resemble most? And they all, every single one of them, said the same thing. My name is Ari Cohen. The name of the shop is ABC Ericsson. And we are the car doctors, if that's how you want to call us. <laughs> car mechanics. Yes. Okay. So the reason economists sent me to a car mechanic and the reason it's a much better match than my mom or your salesman, David, is because it gets at this issue that we haven't talked about yet. And it's a big one. A problem of information. So the other day, this guy comes into Ari's shop. Good guy, longtime customer. He's got a Buick. He tells him, every time I'm stepping on the brake in my car, the steering wheel, the whole thing shakes. And Ari says, oh, no problem. This is really simple. Your brakes go bad over time. You know, it's not going to cost a lot. But then Ari fixes the brakes, and the thing is still shaking. We check a little bit more into it, and we find out that the wheel bearings have some play, and the axles out of balance, they bent or the, the shaft is not aligned right, and it's causing vibration. So it's something that we have to do in addition to the brakes. And how much more is that going to cost? It varies on the car, but like on the Buick, the wheel bearings, they're a little bit expensive, so it can be like another thousand dollars. So originally something that was going to cost $320, now it's 1000 bucks. And we've, we've all been in this situation. You, know, you take your car into the shop, and you just don't know whether to believe the people there. Uh, we as customers, we have an information problem. We do not know. And, and most people are kind of dumbasses about their cars. Yes. Yes, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so it is sort of the same thing with healthcare. The doctor says you have a problem. You have a Guy-Bert syndrome or something. <laughs> what? It's some benign condition in the liver that produces too much bilirubin. I, I have it. Anyway. So, but if you have, you know, a doctor says you have something, you have no idea. And it turns out insurance companies also don't have a good idea if what the doctor wants to do is the right thing. You know, they're not there in the room. And there's a related information problem, which is that it's not always clear what surgeries work or which drugs are really better. I, I asked one economist, you know, is healthcare like any other market? Can you apply the usual economic rules? And he said... 
you have to be very, very careful because there are all these information problems. Yeah, and when it comes to figuring out how much to pay the doctors for something, it's like the mechanic. You know, they give you a diagnosis, and then it's the doctors who say the procedure takes three hours, and then, you know, you need to stay for three days to recover in the hospital. We just hand over all the authority to the doctors to make those decisions because we don't know. Um, But definitely some decisions that some doctors make are more expensive than others. So everyone out there, if if you're depressed at this point (laughs) in the podcast, me too. I mean, you you see why why this is such a bear to fix. Okay. But also now, I mean, actually a lot of the fixes that I've been hearing people propose make a lot more sense to me thinking about it this way. So, So that information problem is being talked about a lot. And one solution is to do more research so you can see which procedure, which drug is actually more effective Um, And that first problem that we talked about earlier, how doctors are, you know, half your mom and half salesmen. So one idea is to fix those incentives. So give doctors a salary or tie their pay to, you know, how well their patients do after they see them, something like that. Yeah. So so thinking about doctors and car mechanics, it, it is helpful to me in explaining the strange position physicians are in. But there are two pretty big differences. Yes. Okay. So number one. Here's a little anecdote to illustrate it. Six months ago, I take my 93 Subaru into the mechanic, and the guy tells me it's going to cost $1,000 to fix the transmission. And I just decide, screw that, man. I've been throwing so much money into this piece of garbage. I'm just getting rid of it. But but say you brought your grandmother into the doctor, and they said, hey, it's going to cost 1000 bucks to fix her. You would say, do it. Even $10,000, whatever, do it. Yes, and particularly because you love your grandmother, but also because you are insured. And and right there, that is what makes the patient an unusual player in this market. Okay, and we are going to talk about the patient who is the patient in an upcoming podcast, not today. Yeah, so, but you out there, please let us know. Send us email at uh, planetmoney at npr.org. I think a patient, I've been thinking sort of like a blind man in a restaurant. (laughs) I think a patient is like a a firefighter in a cave with no fire. Oh, yeah, that's much better, yeah. All right. It makes no sense. Okay, we're going to figure out something that makes sense coming up soon. Until then, check out our blog, npr.org slash money. We have something from listener Mark Terry. He sent us a a story about a dollar store selling things for 88 cents. I'm Hannah Jaffe-Walt. Yeah, stay healthy out there. Don't forget to call your mom if you can get an appointment. I'm David Kestenbaum. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 